Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of uh, 2 Kings. We'll be uh, looking at chapters 9 and 10 today. There's this um, uh, Elisha, uh, the prophet, called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, Type your garments and take this flask of oil in your hand and go to uh, Ramoth Gilead. And when you arrive, look there for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi, and go in and have him rise from among his fellows and lead him to an inner chamber and take the flask of oil and pour it on his head and says, Thus says the Lord, I anoint you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and do not linger. In other words, get out of town. So in other words, we begin chapter 9 with Elisha telling a servant to go anoint Jehu king king of Israel, and Jehu, we're going to see, is one bloody king, and he starts cleaning house, and he is going to murder all of these uh, false prophets, the house of Ahab, Jezebel, and all these people who have been um, fostering uh, false worship. But he's not a good king. He's going to do a lot of cold-blooded killing. And um, he ends up not walking in the ways of of the Lord. So you may think he's a good king. He's not a good king. He is a, as a bad king, I think he he reigned for like um, 20... Twenty-eight years. So, verse four. So the young man, the servant of the prophet uh, Elisha, he he goes to Ramoth Gilead, and when he came, behold, the commanders of the army went out, and um, he says, you know, I want to speak to Jehu, and he takes him into the inner, uh, an inner room, and the young man pours oil on the on his head saying thus says the lord i'm reading in verse 6 i anoint you king over the people of the lord over israel 
and you shall strike down the house of Ahab your master, so that I may avenge on Jezebel the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab every male bonder free in Israel, and I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam and the house of Baasha. And the dogs, verse 10, shall eat Jezebel in the territory of Jezreel, and none shall bury her. Then he opened the door and fled. So when Jehu came out, the servants came up to him and said, Is is all well? Why did this mad fellow come to you? And he said to them, You know the fellow and his talk. And they said, No, it's not true. Tell us what he said. And he said, Thus and so. He spoke to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, I anoint you king over Israel. So the people were excited. They blew the trumpet and proclaimed Jehu as king. So now Jehu goes uh, to two other kings, Joram and um, Ahaziah. So he comes up... um, He had been, King Joram, he had been wounded in a previous battle. And so uh, he had returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds that the Syrians had given him when he fought with Hazel, king of Syria. This is in verse 15. So Jehu comes up to the city gates and there's, uh, so the king, not sure what's coming, he sends out a messenger and he asks him, down in verse 18, is it peace? In other words, are you coming in peace? And Jehu said, what do you have to do with peace? Turn around and ride behind me. And the watchmen, so the watchmen now are looking down from the tower, and they see this messenger. He's not coming back. He's, he's now riding behind Jehu. So they send out a second horseman. And so he says, the king has said, is it peace? And Jehu answered, what do you have to do with peace? Turn around and ride behind me. So again, this messenger is now riding behind Jehu. This must be scary if you're up there, the king. So Joram said, make ready. And so they made ready his chariot. So Joram goes out to meet Jehu. And he says, is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, what peace can there be so long as the whorings and the sorcerers of your mother Jezebel are so many? And Jehu drew his bow with his full strength and shot Joram between the shoulders so that the arrow pierced his heart and he sank in his chariot. So he kills King Joram. Okay, so we drop down to verse 27. So when uh, King uh, uh, um, Ahaziah, uh, the king of Judah, saw, he fled in the direction of Beth Hagen and Jehu pursued him and said, shoot him also. So they shot him in the chariot, and he died there. So he executes both kings. So then Jehu comes to Jezreel, where Jezebel is, and Jezebel heard of it, so she knows he's coming for her. So she paints her eyes and adorns her head and looks out the window, and as Jehu enters the gate, you know, she's calling out from the window, is it peace? You Zimri, murderer of your master. So she insults him kind of at the same time she's asking, is it peace? It's kind of a sarcastic kind of a thing because she knows what's getting ready to happen, most likely. So 
and he lifted up his face to the window, and he doesn't even reply to her. He said, who's on my side? Who? Because he wants to know, because he's sort of implying, if you're not, I'm going to kill you too. Two or three eunuchs looked out at him, and he said, throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood splattered on the wall and on the horses, and they trampled on her. So in other words, he never even replies to her. And he went in, ate and drank, and then he said, See now this cursed woman and bury her, for she's the king's, a king's daughter. But when they went out, they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. The dogs ate her up, just like Elijah had prophesied. And uh, they came back and told him, um, This is the word of the Lord in the territory of Jezreel. The dog shall eat the flesh of Jezebel. And the corpse shall be as dung on the face on the field of the territory of Jezreel so that no one can say this is Jezebel. So that's the story there. So we end chapter 9, a very bloody, gruesome um, execution of Jezebel. Now, chapter 10 doesn't get too much better. Uh, So Ahab now had 70 sons. So Jehu wrote letters and sent them all throughout Samaria to the rulers of the city and said to the guardians of the sons of Ahab, saying, Now then, as soon as this letter comes to you, seeing your master's son, sons are with you, and there are with you chariots and horses, fortified cities also, and weapons. Select the best and fittest of your master's sons and set him on his father's throne and fight for your master's house. So in other words, he's saying it's time to fight, you know. Um, and so... They wrote him a letter back saying, no, we don't want to make him anybody king over us. We want to do what you say. In other words, he's trying to find out who's going to be loyal to him or not. You know, you make this guy, you know, king and fight for your, you know, fight for your house. And they're saying, no, we don't even want to make these people king. We don't want to fight. We just want to do what you say because they're scared of their own skin. Then he wrote him a second letter saying, if you're on my side, he always asks, are you on my side or not? So if you're on my side, if you're ready to obey me, take the heads of your master's son and come to me at Jezreel tomorrow. So in other words, he's saying, look, if you won't make him king, if you're, you know, if he knows that they're too scared, then if you're on my side, bring me their heads. And so they took the king's sons in verse 7, slaughtered them, 70 of them, the 70 sons, he put their heads in their basket because he's going to count these 70 sons and he sent them to Jezreel. When the messengers came, they brought the heads of the king's sons. He said, lay them in two heaps at the entrance of the gate, gate until the morning. And in the morning he went out and he stood and he said to all the people, you're innocent, know the word of the Lord, um, Da-da-da-da-da, he's just kind of giving them a false sense of security. But he struck down all who remained of the house of Ahab in Jezreel, all his great men and his close friends and his priests, until he left none remaining. This is verse 11. Then verse 12, he set out and goes to Samaria now. And on his way, um, when he, he, he met the relatives of Isaiah. And he said, who are you? They said, we're relatives of Isaiah. He said, take them alive. And they took them alive. And then they slaughtered them. Um, spared none of them. Then in verse 15, they departed from there and met 
Jehonadab, and he comes to meet him, and he greeted him and said to him, Is your heart true to my heart as mine is to yours? And Jehonadab said, It is. And so Jehu invites him up on his chariot, and he says, Come with me and see this, my zeal for the Lord. So he had him ride in his chariot, and he came to Samaria. He struck down all who remained to Ahab in Samaria and wiped them out. So he's cleaning up the house of Ahab. So then, verse 18, Jehu assembled all the people and said to them, Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu will serve him much. So call me all the prophets of Baal and all his worshipers. Let none be missing, for I have a great sacrifice to offer to Baal. But whoever is missing shall not live. Okay? So he wants everybody there. Nobody can be not present. So he's tricking them because he doesn't want to worship Baal. So they have this big worship service. But Jehu, this is down in verse 24, Jehu had stationed 80 men outside this temple. So they're all in there to worship. But he says, The man who allows any of those whom I give into your hands to escape shall forfeit his life. So he puts the men on notice. The people inside have to be there or they'll forfeit their life. The people outside guarding can't let anybody escape or they'll forfeit their life. So Jehu said to the guard and to the officers, Go in and strike them down. Let not a man escape. So they went in, put them to the sword. The guard and the officers cast them out, and they went into the inner room, the house of Baal. They brought out the pillar that was in the house of Baal and burned it. They demolished the pillar of Baal. They demolished the house of Baal and made it a latrine to this day. Boom. Jehu gets rid of the house of Ahab. Now Jehu gets rid of the house of Baal. Then Jehu wiped out Baal from Israel. Boom. But Jehu did not turn aside from the sins of Jeroboam, because that is the golden calves. He didn't get rid of them. And the Lord, then we get, so he only kind of halfway does it, but then the Lord says to Jehu, Because you've done well in carrying out what is right in my eyes, and have done to the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart, your sons of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. Okay, so my study Bible kind of makes the point that, um, you know, he was still not following all of what the Lord wanted him to do, but it looks like doing all this was was greater than the, than the sins that he was still committing. But in any event, the Lord rewarded him for what he had done to get rid of the Baal. And apparently getting rid of the Baal was such an important thing to the Lord because it was so evil, it had to be done. So in this regard, that fits in with what God's sovereign will is. So, but then we see down in verse 32, in those days the Lord began to cut off parts of Israel. Okay, so the Lord is preparing Israel because Israel is going to be chopped up a little bit because Israel is going to be eventually, northern Israel right now is going to be occupied by the Assyrians and and, and worse days are coming. So um, basically we conclude chapter 10 
Uh, Jehu reigned over Israel in Samaria 28 years. So we're going to stop here, and then we will continue our study through 2 Kings tomorrow as we continue to see God's sovereign plan to cleanse this nation from its sin, how important that is and how powerful God's judgment is. Things for us to understand in our own lives today. So, as always, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your eyes centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you here next time tomorrow. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean and also for Matali as she travels uh, home soon uh, with Audrey.